This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. I didn't even know there were primaries over the weekend. Sure enough, yeah. uh, there were. Uh, big Democrat affairs in uh, Washington, Alaska, and Hawaii. And apparently it didn't mean a lot to a lot of people. Sanders swept them all. And he swept them pretty convincingly. Like, he blew her out in those states. Yeah. there's One, every county in Washington. Yeah, it's bizarre. You know, you know he's not, you, if you look at the map, someone pointed this out uh, on social media this weekend. Um, saying that uh, if you look at the map of where Clinton has won, she looks like she's George Wallace, like a regional southern candidate. Really? Yeah, like, I mean, she's really, she's cleaned wow. up de- in the south. And yeah, she's cleaned she up with superdelegates. Uh, but really, everywhere else has been pretty good Bernie territory. Um, it's, uh, we should actually, I didn't look at the map yet. I should, I should do give that. The, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll see if we can find uh, The New York Times has a, um, uh, Andrew, Andrew mm-hmm. if you could find it, it's got a, uh, a pretty detailed county-by-county county map of who's won yeah. in, in both of the races. They're both interesting kind of, to kind of look at. But, I mean, it's really interesting to see Hillary's because Hillary's problem last time was the South. Mm-hmm. Hillary's problem was minority voters last time when she ran against Barack Obama, and now she's cleaning up. It's really the only reason she's ahead. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah, and we've been writing him off. We've been essentially declaring his candidacy dead. Maybe not. I think it is dead still. He thinks, and and we can take a look at what he has to say here, but here's what he said about the superdelegates, and and really that seems to be the cushion she has right now. Here's what uh, Bernie said about him. We're heading to the West Coast, which is the most progressive part of America. We think we're going to do very well there. But in addition to that, in terms of superdelegates, a lot of superdelegates have pledged for Secretary Clinton. But I think when they begin to look at the reality, mm-hmm. and that is that we, in poll after poll, are beating uh, Donald Trump by much larger mod- margins than margins. Secretary Clinton. In your own CNN last poll, we were 20 points ahead of him. Uh, in the last national poll, we actually beat Secretary Clinton by a point. We started 50 points behind. I think the momentum is with mm. us. A lot of these superdelegates may rethink their position with Secretary Clinton. <laughs> a lot have not yet declared. And then you've got superdelegates who are in states where we win by 40 or 50 points. I think their own constituents are going to say to them, hey, why don't you support the people of support. our state? Wow, he's uh, awful. But he is um, terrible. Um, and it's amazing that he's you know, even in this. Like, how is this no, even and a the, race? And the young people. I, I was just reading a thing over the weekend about college students, how it's just completely unhip to like Hillary. Mm-hmm. And they don't. 
So they've gone with this guy? <laughs> this so stinking guy is hip? Now, Come it's funny. On. He mentioned uh, the race there where Hillary Clinton lost to him. Um, in mm. the previous 147 national polls, Hillary Clinton was 146 and 1. Yeah. That's how much she's dominated the national polls. Um, but, uh, you know, the fact that he's winning a poll this late when all evidence is that he's pretty much done mm -hmm. is kind of amazing. Now, the way, um, if this was the Republican primary, it might be a little bit different because of the idea of winner-take-all states. If he got on a good hot streak, he might and win no 500. Right. He might win 500 delegates in a row or, right. you know, or he might win 500 delegates in one big day. Where it, here, it's like every state in the Democratic um, primary is proportional. So when he wins 60 to 40, if there's 10 delegates, he wins six and she wins four. There's no way to ca catch up. Um, now, he is right, however, that superdelegates do switch. In fact, many of them had committed to Hillary Clinton in 2008. And then when they saw, hey, Barack Obama might win, let's switch to him. Mm -hmm. They go with the wind to some level. But still, he's significantly behind even in delegates that are uh, attached to the vote. I don't have the count in front of me. Do you have that count? Uh, by any chance, Jeffy, can you look that up? Oh, here? yeah, I've got the count right here. <laughs> I don't mean that you actually... I was just on, I going should... over the count of the delegates for <laughs> Bernie Sanders right here. Let me be more clear. I know you have no information <laughs> at your beck and call, but can you look it up? I was actually looking at the little birdie that landed on Bernie's podium this weekend. That is, uh, was a sign that he's going to win. I a mean, the crowd bird? went crazy. Yeah, he was speaking in uh, Portland, and the little bird came down and landed on the podium that he was speaking on. Then the bird, the whole crowd the bird means that he wins? Yep, that was a sign. It was a sign. Okay. Now, was it, I a, would just was think, it a white dove? Well, no, but he, he called it a dove as it flew away, but it was not a dove. I was thinking more <laughs> of the little bird said, hey, there's a good place I can... Poop. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for working the word yes. poop in. You're welcome, Sean. That's not welcome. So what do you want from me? Uh, find out what the delegate total is. Not superdelegates, but the delegate total between Sanders and Clinton. Okay. I think she's, you know, she has a substantial, she has a substantial lead. lead. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. That, I don't know. With the, with the way their rules are, I don't know if there's any way that he could actually uh, come back. There's also states coming up where she's going to. Oh, yeah, there you go. This is the state. This is the Democratic uh, state map. Look at this. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's winning in the South. I mean, that, that could be That's George it. Wallace's yeah, right. map. Could You're right. not? Yes. Yeah, look at that. I mean, she <laughs> has yet to really win a northern state. <laughs> Unless, did she win Ohio? Uh, I don't remember. Um, but she lost to Michigan when she was favored by 20 points. Michigan, Minnesota, Washington, Maine, know. Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. She lost all of those. She did win... Um, uh, she did win Iowa, right, um, in a fairly close yeah, race. Yeah, she did. It was um, like a dead heat, I think. But again, think. very close state. Like, she's dominating down south. She's getting dominated in the west and up north. And in the middle, it's in the middle, right? I mean, it's. Mm -hmm. but I mean, if you look at this, she's really, this is not a good map for a candidate that's supposed to win easily. No. Remember, too, she's going against someone who is a nobody socialist. Right. This is not like a 74-year-old without this nobody socialist who's going to be 75 when he takes office. Well, Hillary. I mean, not. if he if he took office, no. which he's not. No. Heaven forbid. Hillary's not a spring chicken. No. I mean, she's starting she's to get up be there too. 69, I think, yeah. if if you know when the election rolls around. But so. without the super delegates, according to the real clear politics here, yep, uh, Hillary has uh, five four sixty nine super delegates. 
Sanders only has 29. But yeah, that's, but we're looking at the delegates. delegates. Right. And that's why it looks insurmountable in some of these counts. But give me the ones that aren't superdelegates. Delegates 1, 1243, Hillary, 975, Bernie. So she's about 300 ahead. 300 ahead. Now, again, when you win a state in the Democratic side and you win it 60 to 40, you win 60% of the delegates as opposed to 40. Like, it's just that. It's, it's just mm-hmm. proportional. So you have a situation where if there's 100 delegates, you only pick up 20 in a state, and that's a huge state. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more delegates on the Democratic side than the Republican side, by the way. The, yeah. So the, the numbers are a little bit higher, but it's really difficult to come back from 300. And then you add in the superdelegates, which were, what were it again? What was it again, uh, Jeffy? You had it was something to 469, 469 to 20. 20. Yeah. I mean, it's so Jeez. dominating. Unless Bernie Sanders really had some sort of mm. massive momentum where he was winning. He won 15 straight states or something. Maybe something like that could happen. But Hillary's going to win New York, right? You've got to imagine she's going to win New York. I would think. Um, it's her home know. state, uh, so you'd think she's going to win New York, mm. and that's one of the next ones coming up. I think it's Wisconsin, then New York for them. I could be wrong. Wisconsin, Wyoming, New York. Okay, so Wyoming Wisconsin, in the middle. Wyoming. Um, and he'll probably win Wyoming pretty easily. Wisconsin's going to be very close, I would assume, and then New York, she should win easily. But, of course, that's going to be more, way more delegates. So, you know, she, if he's already down by 300, you can't lose any states. Yeah. And, you know, she's gonna, he's probably going to lose New York by fairly significant margin, most likely, mm-hmm. um, in which she'll, she'll gain delegates probably enough to knock out all of his wins from this past weekend. Yeah. And that's what keeps happening. Yeah. Like, on the week, uh, you know, she uh, dominated the South while he was winning things like Michigan. I mean, the thing, him, <clears throat> Bernie Sanders winning Michigan has been talk, called as the biggest polling upset ever. Because she was up by 22 points, and there had never been anything in the entire database that had shown a 22-point um, lead get overturned in an election like that. Like Cruz was down by six in one poll in Kansas and wound up winning by 25, so it was a wider spread. Mm-hmm. But the, the region, it wasn't as well polled, and he was only trailing by six. So the fact that he won wasn't a huge surprise. It was more of just a surprise of how much he won by. Right. Here in, in Michigan, it was a 22-point polling lead for Hillary Clinton, and she lost. And that's incredible. It never happens. Um, and so that one was a huge story, but on that same night, if I remember right, she dominated a southern state, maybe Mississippi, I can't remember which one it was, um, and dominated so, so much that she actually won more delegates for the night. After he had this huge, ridiculous victory, he, you know, she wound up winning the night. And that's what's happened yeah, that's over what, and over it again. It was Mississippi. It was Mississippi. Yeah. Mm. So. Interesting, though. I mean, I, yeah, it is. I, I will say the Democratic race really has never been all that interesting, other than to show how bad of a candidate Hillary is. Any mm. competent Democrat would, would have dispersed of Bernie Sanders by now. Any competent one. Well, let's see. He's old, ugly, uh, bad accent, and a socialist. And not a particularly good speaker. And not a good speaker. Not an inspiring speaker. Not at all. Uh, curmudgeonly. Yep. Uh, he's Angry really... Angry sounding. Really kind of as bad as you can do. He's, uh, in many I'd ways. say so, yeah. I mean, he's, the only thing he's not is particularly scandal-ridden, though he has talked about women liking rape for their pleasure. Right. I um, mean, he has had his share of idiocy, but he's, he's not like one of these guys, you know, that he has had a lot of current scandals, mm. partially because he hasn't really done that much. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a nobody. I mean, to be honest, he was the mayor of Burlington. He, he's been around as a senator, as an independent, not even in the party for a while. Right. He's kind of just been a nobody. He's not really I a mean, competitor. In fact, when he announced he was going to run, we were all like, what? What would give you the uh, nerve 
to think you had a shot. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's like I mean, Jim you're Gilmore a running. No one. For yeah, example, it was, excuse me. Or similar or to worse Jim. than Jim Gilmore. Thank you. I mean, at least close. At least Jim, Jim Gilmore, Gilmore was the governor of a significant state. Swing state. In the military. In the military, a okay. good guy, a fairly conservative guy, a decent candidate, and this guy sucks like, from start go, to finish. Go back to the day when it was uh, Bill Clinton versus Bill Bradley. Wasn't it Clinton and Bradley in that one, uh, in that one nominee yeah, contest? Maybe. And Bill Bradley, like a known, you know, was a Knicks player for many years, was, the, mm-hmm. I believe, the senator from New Jersey at the time. Uh, kind of, uh, I'm a little hazy on this. Uh, was it New York? Uh, I thought yeah, it was New it was. Jersey, but whatever. He was not, I mean, he was... A far more serious candidate had no chance against Clinton, was dominated against Clinton. Um, but, you know, that's the type of race this felt like with Sanders. You have the mm-hmm. one sort of ideological opponent, so there's someone else running, right? Mm-hmm. There's somebody else on the ballot. You can have a discussion about it. But in reality, we all know who's winning this race. That's what that, this was supposed yeah. to be. And the fact that Sanders has kept it alive this long is kind of amazing. What do you got there, uh, Jeffy? Oh, it, was just, it, is, it was New Jersey. Three terms, too. Yeah, I mean, he, but it, was he, it was it Clinton and yeah, because the first time it was Clinton Songus. Yeah, uh, Song, Paul Songus. well, that was a big, wide open race. So this was a second round. It was '96. Something. So he had a primary opponent when he was the sitting was. Pres- president. Yeah, it was Bradley, wasn't it? Was pretty I thought so. Am I forgetting? I, 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 it's possible I've screwed this up. It's I been a while. I, remember I thought that, so, but but maybe. Can maybe. you look at what year was? What year did he run there, Jeffy? Was it '96? Uh, Bill Bradley, uh, of course, uh, from the uh, champ, the 1972 championship team, right, for the Knicks? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the 2000 Democratic 2000. presidential nomination. Yeah. Okay, that's right. It's against Gore. That's, yeah. That was it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're right. So, uh, and I think we've lost him, right? He's, yes. Bill Bradley died. Did he? Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Mm. Uh, Trump says allies have to start paying for American protection. Uh, they want to, They need to ante up if they want to continue under the uh, cloak of American protection. He says we're not being reimbursed for the kind of tremendous service that we're performing by protecting various countries. He's talking about uh, Japan, South Korea. He's talking about uh, uh, oil, getting oil from Saudi Arabia for free, I guess, for our protection for them. They didn't never pay for that. Um, he keeps saying that uh, both South Korea and Japan don't pay us, but they do. They, they pay do. Billions. Yeah. <laughs> billions of dollars. You know, but uh, I'm sure that's a bad deal that he'll renegotiate because he's a deal maker. Yeah. Um, he says, we defend everybody. When in doubt, come to the United States, we'll defend you. In some cases, free of charge. I, I don't know of any cases we do that free of charge. Um, I, I do think that, you know, we do too much and get too little for it. And so, you know, that's going to resonate with some people. Especially probably conservatives, Republicans. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, t- I'm tired of defending South Korea, too, and Japan. Especially when so many of them don't want our protection anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, neither of those particularly violate my, you know, uh, sensibilities that much. However, I, can, I think the general idea of it is uh, something that I think will relate to a lot of people. And the mm-hmm. idea, more than anything, I think what he's tapping into is not like what you're tapping into, which is hey, I have an ideological a disagreement with our military being in places where they shouldn't be. Or, mm-hmm. it's, with him, it's just like, we lose. We to get everybody. other countries better than us. Right. It's like that yeah. sort of mentality, which we always lose. We're getting our butt kicked. We have stupid people in the government that we should be getting $100 trillion from Japan to defend them. It's mm-hmm. that sort of thing. It's you know the generalized concern. Again, I heard Ben Carson uh, on as a campaign surrogate for Donald Trump, which is one of the most bizarre things uh, ever been uttered. And listening to him, and it's so... Now, Ben Carson, what was our problem with Ben Carson? He didn't know anything. He just doesn't know enough, right? He's just not... He's not. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know these things. He was a doctor, smart guy, but really trying to pick this up as he goes, right? 
there is not it's not even remotely close who knows more about foreign affairs between Ben Carson and Donald Trump it's Ben Carson by a hundred thousand miles I mean I was listening to him this morning and again he's now taking these positions that Donald Trump takes and this is the process with Trump makes a ridiculous statement his the smart people who he pays a lot figure out a way to justify it afterwards mm -hmm. and then he comes back and acts as if that's what he meant the whole time and so Carson's doing that. That's one of his gigs now, apparently. And he's out there, like, trying to pitch his, the Syrian strategy, and he's trying to pitch this, uh, the NATO thing as if it's coherent, and just talking about it. And he presents a case that I think is more towards what you're talking about, which is generally rational points of view. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, okay, there's reasons why we don't do this. Maybe this part should be renegotiated. It's not what Trump's saying, though. Trump's right. like, ah, these other guys are bad, and we're, we're, why don't we win more? <laughs> and it's like, he doesn't... I mean, Carson knows way, it's not close, way more than Donald Trump is. And our problem with Carson was he doesn't know enough. Yeah. I, I mean, that's obviously true. Yeah, I mean, like, when they were it's talking about the Syrian true. refugees, and I, he, you know, as far as the regions of Syria goes, I'm not the guy to go to, obviously. But he's talking about, uh, you know, what region they're going to relocate him in, and he's listing off, he's ticking off the provinces. And, and I mean, he did this in the debate, Carson, a few times, mm -hmm. too. He did it in the interview with us, where he would come up with a bunch of specific details to kind of let you know that he knows what, he, what he's talking about. Trump doesn't have any of those at his disposal. No, not at all. None of them. No, he doesn't. Kind of amazing. I mean, he, what he does have a good handle on is religi religiosity. Yeah. Well, he's a bit, I mean, the a guy, guy, I mean, you can't, I mean, you can't fault him on his Christianity. I mean, I, I just feel, because uh, I think you're leading up to this clip, and I feel like maybe mm -hmm. it's too religious for the show. Well, that's what, that was my initial concern. But then it's I thought, too, too you know, much. it's the day after Easter. I know, but okay. even, even a, I think even, even a, on Easter, it might be too Christian and too Easter for Easter. That I, was my just, initial concern. I know this is a different show and everything, but we mm -hmm. just got done playing it on the radio show. I don't know that I can go through it again. I know. Really? I'm just saying. I, was even it, the, I mean, even it was the, that impactful. Jeffy was in tears. <laughs> Jeffy was in tears yes. because it hit you where you live religiously, Thank you. right? Thank you. I'm right pretty there. sure Spiritually. Pope Francis is a, a subscriber to the place. I have, no, I have, I have yes. as much evidence as I have on the cruise affairs mm -hmm. on that one. Mm -hmm. but, um, so, but I think even he... It would be uncomfortable with how religious it is. In his Easter is. ecumenical or whatever, yeah. he wasn't this. No, this is he too much. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear this, just prepare. I mean, it's so if uncomfortable you, in this. World. If you want your children to be filled with powerful spirituality, mm -hmm. you might gather them around the television set right now and have them watch Donald Trump on Easter. Donald Trump, thank you so much for joining us on this Easter Sunday. Before you go, let me just ask you, uh, what does this holiday, what does Easter mean to you? What's the Trump family Easter tradition? Well, it really means something very special. I'm going to church in uh, an hour from now, and it's going to be uh, it's a beautiful church. I'm in Florida, and it's just a very special time for me, and it really represents family and get-together and, and something, you know, if you're a, mm -hmm. a Christian, it's just a very important day. All right, Donald Trump, thank wow. you very much. All right, Donald Trump, thank you, thank you very much. That was too, too, too much. Back off, Are you Mr. Missionary. I, oh, my God. I'm welling up again. Yeah, I know, I right? take it. Jeez, I, mean, I get it. Don't jam it down my throat with your religion. I, mean, I thought it was the Pope for a second. I yeah. thought we were playing the wrong clip. <laughs> yeah. You went to Pope Francis, except for the accent. I, I, I thought it was Pope Francis. It means family. It means, <laughs> it means get something. together. It, it means, means something. something. 
It means to it Christian. Means something? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's powerful. <laughs> well, it's very special. He goes to the same thing every time. It sure does. Uh, it's very special it's to you me. You know he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm in Florida, by the way. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Beautiful. I'm in Florida, by the way, where the church is. It's a very beautiful church. It means something very special to me. I'm in Florida, by the way. Florida <laughs> has palm trees. I don't know if you're aware of that, but there's a lot of beautiful palm trees here. Speaking of Florida, the Marlins are playing today. They're playing against the, the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, and uh, it's a doubleheader, I believe. That is what, by the way, what Trump does. Which that's is what he does. When he doesn't know what to say. Deflect. He looks to something that's generally associated with what he's talking about. Yep. And, and allows, like, you would, if I was talking to you, Pat, and I were to say, hey, uh, you know, what do you think about Easter? And you say, look, I'm, I'm in Florida right now. I would assume <laughs> you were going to something that was related to the topic, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like, you're telling me about Florida because you want to tell me about a story about your, you know, your childhood. You visited Florida and it went to a specific church and now you're going to that church again, right? Like, right. there'd be some tie to it. Yeah. Trump no. exploits that general human condition of like assuming the person uh, has a good intent with what they're saying. Mm -hmm. he, they're actually trying to hit. So he will just take a uh, an exit off the uh, highway uh, and go down some other road and never come back to the highway. He did this with the ISIS thing too, which we played on the radio. Where he's like, look, you know, uh, ISIS, I mean, I'm a counterpuncher. You know, Michael Rubio attacked me. 18 million, de 18 million. By the way, you guys are all really attractive over here. Oh, can I get your names? And then they never come back to the story. That is amazing. And, and that was an amazing example. An amazing of what example you're of it. About. But it's what he does all Jeez. the time. Take something like, you know, hey, fight. Mm -hmm. Okay, political, like he's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's like, okay, there's a ISIS, which is a fight. A, a fight, there's a political fight. In the political fight, I was a counterpuncher. And, the, and it's like he just gets away from it and never comes back. So he doesn't have to answer the thing he has no knowledge of. He does it all the time. And those little verbal tics that everyone makes fun of is him not knowing the topic. Exactly. Oh, it's very special. It's a beautiful church. It's a very beautiful. That's not him bragging about the <laughs> church. It's him trying to not answer the question. And yes. I don't, it doesn't seem like journalists ever pick this up. Maybe I, with this ISIS oh, book, with do. it being Remember, that. Well, the, we did talk a little bit Chuck about Chuck Todd and Andrea movies. Mitchell did. Yeah, that was nice. That was good. <clears throat> so and good we talked a little bit about uh, who was it? Uh, Hugh Hewitt. Yeah. That ended up talking to him and not giving him anything to go on. Yeah. You know, so it was uh, mm -hmm. uh, Donald was just lost. Yeah. He didn't know where to go. Exactly. So be more specific. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Very, very, very true. All right, uh, sponsor this half hour is My Patriot Supply. Our friends over at My Patriot Supply are offering a four week emergency food supply for only $99. Wow. I mean, that's an amazing deal. And in fact, uh, it's even more amazing when you know that's 140 servings. And it lasts up to 25 years. So when you call, talk to them about how to get free shipping for it, too. You get the special by calling 888 411 5290. Call them right now no, while just, you're thinking about it. Let's be clear, you don't have to wait 25 years to eat it. No, that's no, right. It lasts for twenty. It lasts for twenty. Could possibly yeah. last for twenty. Well, this is the sort of thing, and and again, there's a lot of Jeffy uh, exemptions here when we talk about this particular product. For example, uh, you can go to Prepare with the Blaze or call the number, but there is a limit of two per caller. We call that the Jeffy rule because mm -hmm. they know Jeffy. Will. The other thing is uh, another Jeffy rule is to be honest, the hundred and forty servings. If you no, take the decimal you. point and you move thank it over you. one, it's about You're 14 about Jeffy yeah. servings. Uh, 140 real human servings mm -hmm. are available with this food supply. <laughs> Only $99. Give them a call, 888-411-5290 right now while you're thinking about it, as Pat said, or go online at preparewiththeblaze.com. Knock this one out. It's easy. Preparewiththeblaze.com. The founder of this company... 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, 
how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to the show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents, I trust.com. We, we try to leave with our mistakes, and that's why Jeffy's the first thing you see on every show. <laughs> Didn't mean to scare the uh, hell out of the Bradley family. Yeah, the whole, uh, the whole Bradley family uh, just called, and uh, Bill's still alive. <laughs> Bill, Bill Bradley's okay. Bill, Bill right. Bradley's still alive. He's living in, uh, living in Missouri. I wonder who, so. were, who were we thinking of? Jack Kemp? I Maybe guess. I know there was you said, who. Yeah, the senator from, yeah, he's dead. Jack Kemp is? <laughs> Immediately thought he was dead. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> don't All right, know. Uh, I, you know, I, you you had me on that one. Now I'm uh, I got the uh, National Enquirer here. Uh, this is uh, the copy of Cruz Five Secret Mistress. Also has a really interesting story if you want to check this out, which is uh, Kim K's explosive disaster, D I S A S S T E R, and and it has a big kaboom. <laughs> like disaster. Uh, yeah, if you see here, there's a big kaboom under her ass. Um, because she was, she had a an at disaster. Now, see, see, you know that the affair story is in a legitimate publication when it's just a few pages away from the disaster. Right. Uh, I mean, absolutely. you know that's a good sign of an incredible piece of journalism. Now, I was curious of this because obviously there's also secrets and lies of Dancing with the Stars. Oh, that's pretty good. Whoa. Um, which is pretty exciting. Uh, looking around here, ooh, we've got uh, hmm. Robert Blake's diaper disclosure. <laughs> Pretty interested on that one. Probably check that one I out like later. Robert Blake, what's what's with this diaper? Um, Iron Mike's house packs a punch. Mm -hmm. Oh boy! So, uh, Bay six, and Jay Z, a total of six bathrooms. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, Bay and Jay-Z <laughs> have, have, have flown to L.A. to save a dying marriage. So it looks like Jay-Z is getting a divorce. Oh, oh no. Sad to hear. Oh, well, now, see, I didn't know uh, about that either, and I'll bet you uh, that Beyonce doesn't know about that. Yeah, you know, probably not. Um, so it's interesting because here's the story. This is a publication that said Hillary Clinton would be dead by now. Mm -hmm. Also said that uh, uh, Barack Obama had, had 12, 12 mistresses. Don't 12 remember any reporting affairs. on that. Don't remember any reporting on that no. in the mainstream media. But here's the actual story. You see that they've... And um, that's everywhere. Well, this is everywhere. This and what is, I was told all weekend was that, oh, the National Enquirer has a great track record. Yeah, this is a funny claim. Because the National Enquirer, because they broke the John Edwards story, they uh -huh. got some, something with O.J. Simpson right. They've got a, few, they've had a few right over the years. But these guys don't publish once a year; they publish weekly. Right. right. Every week, the thing is stockpiled with nonsense, and one out of every twenty thousand stories they get right. Mm -hmm. Now, one, of the, it's actually the opposite. With the National Enquirer, even I, as a complete opponent of John Edwards was very hesitant to believe that story because I, it was from the National Enquirer. Mm -hmm. Now, in that story, they had video eventually. They had actual reporting, and they said, okay, here's, here's what we have. Um, so it was something that at least there was evidence to be presented. This is so bad. I have actually gone through and compiled some of the quotes from the National Enquirer, Cruz Affair Expose. Here we go. First you've got, Ted Cruz is a target of a vicious, dirty tricks campaign. And this is really the most important tip uh, uh, of this entire story, because the story is BS. 
and the Inquirer is not reporting what you would think. They're not reporting that Ted Cruz had affairs. They are reporting that someone is targeting Cruz with dirty tricks about an affair. And if there's nothing more that you understand out of this entire thing, you should understand that. They are not reporting affairs. They are reporting that there is a dirty trick smear campaign against Ted Cruz about affairs. For example, the, uh, the headline on top of the Amazing. story, five romps that will destroy Ted Cruz. That's the big headline. A little headline, shocking claims. Again, the story is the claim, not the affair. Another quote from the uh, from National Enquirer: Political operatives are compiling an explosive list. Note that it is not that they have evidence of multiple affairs, but that they are compiling a list. Then it goes on: Their outrageous claims, which I love because this is their excuse to be able to, you know, when they're in court later on, to say, "Well, we're not saying they were true. We we ourselves called them outrageous claims." Uh, so we're not saying they're true. We said they were outrageous claims. It's their way to get out of it. The whole thing's written is to get out of the lawsuit that's coming. They don't want to be Hulk hogan And mm. that, should, that would easily be coming if they tried to report this the way they are. Again, they go on to say that private investigators are digging. Digging describes a process in which someone looks for facts, not someone who actually has them. You don't dig. You've already done the digging if you have the facts. Cruz supposedly had, this is the Inquirer itself, using the word supposedly. That's not me saying it, it's them saying it. Uh, a political snitch told the Inquirer. It's a solid source. Political <laughs> snitch. Uh, and sources like that are all over the article. Then there's Ted's cheating rumors. The Inquirer itself is calling them rumors. Roger Stone, a former aide to Donald Trump, told the Inquirer, these stories have been swirling around Cruz for some time. This is the only named source in the entire article, and it's a guy who worked for Trump's campaign during this campaign cycle, has had a long-term relationship with him, and even he isn't actually saying it happened. The word swirling is pretty common throughout the entire article, which doesn't actually describe anything. It just means that people are accusing him of things with no evidence. Uh, linked to the hot-blooded father of two. This is the best part. Hot Ted Cruz is a hot-blooded father, <laughs> Canadian father of two. I just thought that was awesome. Just like no credibility in a little text box. And they actually you can see it right here. Let's see. Uh, it's like down in the bottom corner, and it says uh, that's not stereotypical Latin lover kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of right. Kind of racisty. Uh huh. Right uh, uh -huh. down here, this thing right here. You can see a few words. Um, that says. Uh, can you get? I don't know if you can see that anywhere. It's. Okay, it I don't says know if you can make it out, but I don't know if you can see it. It says Casanova Cruz. <laughs> yeah, because that is exactly what you think of when you think of Ted Cruz, a big time Casanova. Mm -hmm. um, and again, uh, in the uh, another quote from the uh, National Enquirer, uh, according to rumors, again the Enquirer itself calling them rumors. Then they uh, refer to Ted Cruz as Randy Ted, supposedly had a romp, ditched a snitch. Now, Randy Ted does seem a bit absurd, but it's better than supposedly ditch, dished a snitch, which is nothing. Um, the, 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 and how, I don't know if you, you felt this when you read this, Pat, but Randy Ted, Lion Ted, it's the same approach, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, Donald Trump is the National Enquirer of politics. He's that guy. Yep. Kind of wild accusations, maybe tries to keep legally okay so he doesn't get sued. But making stuff up as he goes, doesn't really know anything. And the Inquirer has endorsed, of course, Donald Trump, which I didn't know they did political endorsements. Their relationship may have begun, is another quote. 
relate. Well, that's may... because uh, Trump loves uh, David Pecker. Right. He does love. He does love. And Pecker, David yes. Pecker is the uh, CEO of the National Enquirer. Right. And so, and you're saying Trump loves David Pecker. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, that's why I read it a lot. I read a lot about that online. Did you? Yeah. You it was saw all it, over Jeffy? the place this weekend. You saw? What did you see? Oh, Debbie? I saw Trump loves David Pecker. Mm-hmm. Really? Hmm. But the hashtag was Trump loves Pecker. Well, that's because you have to be shortened. Yeah, yeah, for you know, yeah, Twitter, you don't sure. have so many it's characters. It's too long a hashtag yeah, if you Dave use is, the first yeah, name. Yeah, you have 140 characters, so yeah. you don't have a lot to do anything. It's got to be abbreviated. Um, now, the quote again was, uh, the, the affair may have begun, and then they give some details about it. What do you mean it may have begun? Mm. That doesn't seem like a story. If you're saying a, something that you're reporting on may have begun, then you don't have a story, right? Um, it's alleged that Ted hooked up with her. It's alleged? Do you have any further information on the topic other than someone said that it might be true? Now, as cheating rumors swirl around the White House wannabe, a political blogger said Cruz's image as a Christian family is utterly destroyed. Uh, family guy is utter utterly destroyed. First of all, a political blogger said you couldn't get a political blogger on record to say something? <laughs> How bad are you? Political bloggers will say anything. Um, and that rumors have destroyed Cruz's image to Christians, who's the exact audience who's supposed to not be engaging in the spreading of rumors, right? Look, we have no idea, obviously, what has occurred in every moment of Ted Cruz's personal life. But as this story makes quite clear, neither does the National Enquirer. Most importantly, they're not even claiming that they know. They're just reporting on other people's searches and speculation for and about possible evidence of affairs that may or may not exist. Maybe sometime down the road we'll find out that Ted Cruz has had multiple affairs or is the Zodiac killer or something worse. When any evidence of these things is presented, we can look at it. But this Inquirer story has nothing in it. Zilch. Finally, before we go, did Donald Trump, this is the big question, did Donald Trump actually plant this story? Yes. Supposedly. <laughs> Dish to snitch. What about a political blogger? I a think political, a political blogger, blogger told me that he said did. it too, um, and he reported on the snitches. On the snitches, dish. yes. The dish of the snitch uh -huh. was reported by the political blogger. What do you think about the theory of, uh, you know, this all goes by, and then Katrina Pearson's the savior for the Trump campaign to come out and say, yes, we did, we did have sex. Very possible. How can we put them in a position like this? I mean, that is an. If if he does nothing, if mm. this is true, and Trump pulls this off, mm. it is pretty amazing because he. To, mm -hmm. to put your own person, again, he doesn't care about his own people. No. Uh, to put your own person in the firing line uh, to improve your position mm -hmm. is something they've been doing for a long time. And especially her. She's as crazy as he is. And, She's nuts. And, and so I think she'd, she'd be willing to do whatever. Absolutely. Whatever. I think so, too. Uh, and there was a story um, that I stumbled upon today, which actually is from last August. I don't know how I miss, missed this. Three separate biographies of Donald Trump. All refer to an incident in which a bunch of his executives died in a helicopter crash. Now, this is a true story. He had, I think, three executives who died in a helicopter crash a long time ago. Whoa. And when he found yeah. out about that, um, obviously, you're distraught about your executives. But he actually said, according to three different biographies by three different people, said, look, at, uh, you know, you're going to hate me for this, but I think we should leak the fact that I was supposed to be on that helicopter. He wasn't. But he, to get more publicity... He decided to leak the fact that he should have been on the helicopter. He was going to get on, and in the last minute, got off. And oh now gosh. he lives. These three, his wow. three executives are dead, and he's thinking about how to get uh, publicity out of their death. 
And oh, it I'm goes sure he was immediately thinking about uh, if it was the helicopter's fault, too. We need to sue oh, you're Bell probably, Helicopter. You're probably right. But they, the, um, he had never taken that helicopter because mm. he had his own helicopter. So Trump would never have taken this helicopter, and they detail how his often... giant letter name on it. Yeah, yeah, right. So he doesn't take just random helicopters with other executives. He takes his own. Mm-hmm. The other, another random one is the one that crashed. And immediately, he jumped to how to exploit their deaths to get him publicity. Guy's despicable. I mean, he is a despicable human being. So you don't think he would do that thing with Katrina Pearson? Of course he oh would. Oh, my God. And, I, look, I, and by the way, Katrina Pearson uh, was supposedly this big conservative, and she ran against... Uh, uh, sessions here yes, in we Texas. Had her on, Pete we? Sessions, yeah. right? And yeah. we had her in studio. We didn't like her at the time. We didn't like her at the time, and, and we found out later she, that she voted for Obama. Yeah. And she wasn't a conservative at all. Uh, uh, you know, now she says she's had this big reformation, I guess. But. Stark, raising, stark raving crazy is what she is. The big accusation with her, though, was that she was a big publicity hound. Like, yeah, she just, all she, she cared about is. was, like, promoting herself. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, look, Let's I, do it. You know, I what she's doing with the Trump campaign, I find to be despicable. Mm. Outside of that, I have no reason. To, you know, I, I didn't see any of those things other than just sensing it was a little weird when she's she was here. She's in the corner of the publicity king, though. Yeah, right and now, now she's there. I mean, she actually really fits weird. that campaign perfectly. Yes, she yeah. She's does. a great surrogate for him because she'll say anything. More Pat and Stu coming up in a sec. I love them. Because if she comes out and admits it, mm. Ted is doomed. Oh, because it doesn't matter what he says. It saying. doesn't matter. All right. So we're talking a little bit off the air about this yet another moment from, I don't know if this is the New York Times one or what, with Donald Trump, where they're talking about uh, the Iran deal. And Trump <laughs> says, uh, the deal isn't long enough. I would have never given them back $150 billion under any circumstances. I would have never allowed that to happen. They are, they're now rich. And did you notice they're buying from everybody but the United States? They're buying planes. They're buying everything. They're buying everything from everybody but the United States. I would have never made that deal. Uh, then the reporter asks, um, our law prevents us from selling to them, sir. <laughs> uh, excuse me? <laughs> our law prevents us from selling planes to Iran because of sanctions. Uh, spoons? <laughs> it's, it's you know so what he'll say that. Well, we're going to change that law. We're going to, that's right, a law. So we're now we want to sell planes to Iran? Is that, that's so. his new position? I, it's, no, it's no. incomprehensible. You can't even track the positions. No, you There's can't. so many of them. Right. Um, but that is what he does. This is what he does. Whew, he's so bad. Oh, man. So it's, it's really frustrating. It, it is. I mean, we've been down this road so many times, like every day, for eight months. Yeah, and especially coming off this Easter thing with Pakistan, which uh, many places we're not reporting had anything to do with Christians. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, there was a death toll in the bomb blast occurred uh, in a, a park. And when they say a park, you know, I don't know, part of me was picturing, like, Central Park or, mm-hmm. like, you know, just, like, some field. It was, it's like an amusement park. I mean, it's like a carnival. Um, 60 people dead. It's actually, I thought it was over that, but 60 people, 300 reported mm. wounded. Uh, Pakistani Taliban uh, says they're responsible. Explosion took place near the children's rides in the park. Uh, explosion appeared to have been a suicide bombing, but uh, investigations were ongoing. Are we, why, aren't we, why aren't we selling these guys planes? Why aren't they buying them from us? We sell them directly to ISIS. They're just ignoring our trade. It's the only thing he cares about is trade. He's like the legit. The one issue he actually does care about is trade. 
Yeah. And he's wrong on it, in my opinion. But it's the one thing he actually, I think, <laughs> legitimately does care about. Um, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Area was crowded with Christians celebrating the Easter holidays, and many families were leaving the park when the blast occurred. Um, I mean, it's really, really terrible. You, you need someone that has a real handle on this, guys. You can't have somebody who doesn't even know what the law is, uh, doesn't realize really any of the details about the situation. Mm -hmm. Remember, it was like, well, one of the candidates got like Sunni and Shiite mixed up, mixed up in one of these elections a few, few cycles ago. Mm -hmm. It was like the end of their campaign. Yeah, uh, and it's like here is, yeah. you know, Donald Trump. I mean, doesn't know anything about the situation at all. Oh yeah, zero. And they don't, they don't follow up on any of that. Um, also, this is a, uh, some kind of, I mean, this is amazing, too. A Muslim shopkeeper posted an Easter greeting to, quote, my beloved Christians. Really cool, okay? My beloved Christians, it was just a nice way to, to greet Christians on their holiday. He's Muslim. He's just saying, hey, you know, I, I like you guys. Uh, he was murdered by a fellow Jeez. Muslim later that day. God, just Kidding. unbelievable. Uh, Saad Shah died in the hospital in Glasgow uh, after sustaining serious injuries in the Thursday attack that British media described as especially brutal. 32-year-old mm -hmm. Muslim man was arrested in connection in what police have called a religiously prejudiced attack. Shah, a devout Pakistani-born Muslim shopkeeper, earlier said, uh, Happy Good Friday and very happy Easter, especially to my beloved Christian nation. Let's follow the real footstep of beloved holy Jesus Christ and get the real success in both worlds, he wrote on Facebook. Uh, and so, you know, somebody killed him for that. It's just really sad. Really sad. Mm. Also, according to the Wall Street Journal, the terror network's uh, web is sprawling beyond Brussels and Paris. European authorities said they suspect several men detained in a number of countries over the Easter weekend all had connections to perpetrators of the deadly attacks in Brussels and Paris. Uh, this has prompted French and Belgian prosecutors to seek closer U.S. assistance uh, as they try to map the extent of the network responsible for killing 130 people in Paris and at least 31 in Brussels on Tuesday. Uh, also, that, that young missionary, the 19-year-old Mason Wells, that is uh, from Utah, and apparently a, a pretty good athlete, uh, good-looking kid. He was burned on the right side of his face. But he says, he told his parents it's not that bad. It just His hand is probably worse. But um, because he was weirdly in Brussels, obviously, and was, was badly injured, he was also near the Paris attacks when they happened, and he was at the Boston bombing. Weirdly? You mean coincidentally? Coincidentally. <laughs> Now there are websites saying that he's CIA mm. uh, because, mm -hmm. you know, once yep. is an accident, twice is a coincidence, three times you're a suspect. And so... Uh, what would that make you, Jeffy? <clears throat> Not guilty. <laughs> uh, so he, how old is he now? He's, he's 19. 19. So, so the Boston bombing was four years ago? Was it 2012? Something like that. I think it was 2012. He would have been 15 years old. CIA oh, you agent. can't be in the CIA now 15. at 15? Uh, no, actually, I don't uh, think you can. Ever see the movie Spy Kid? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hadn't thought of that. Hadn't thought. Well, you nailed me on that one. I Believe me, I know. Uh, I don't know what weird thing you have going on defending <laughs> this you. guy. There's some little oh, cabal. I think we know what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we know what it is. Mm -hmm. Defending That's my fellow Mormon oh, spy. I even said it. 
it. He even said it. American a better Mormon. way to fool people around the world than just ride up on your little bicycle. That's right. Mm -hmm. No, we're all nice. We're all nice. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. We're CIA agents. <laughs> <laughs> and we're both American Mormons. <laughs> More Pat and Stu coming up in a second. <laughs> you asked for it. You got it. Yeah. Go to by request. By request. The smash hit American Mormon. <laughs> or not. Uh, who uh, left with American Mormon? Stay away from me, <laughs> American Mormon. Missionary, let me be. <laughs> Don't come knocking on my door. <laughs> Don't want to see your book no more. <laughs> Got more important things to do than hear testimonies from you, now, Mormon. <laughs> Stay away from me. There it is. <laughs> Biggest song of the year so far. So far. So far. Now, look, so it's early. It is. It's only March. Uh, so right. there could be something that eclipses it. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> okay? Let's be honest about it. It's got a song of the summer, I think, is fair to say. I think that's fair. Oh, you know? my gosh. That's, yes. that's fair. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven beck 888-727-BECK. Also, apparently, uh, we need to use, I'm quoting now, weapons of love, unquote, to fight evil of the evil of terrorism. It's according to the Pope. We need to use weapons of love. I think that's a good point. Have we tried to use weapons of love yet? I don't, I don't think so. Was he more specific on what those weapons of love are? Well, he says... I, you know, I've got some ideas. But. He says, with uh, weapons of love, God has defeated selfishness and death. I mean, that is true. 79-year-old Argentine pontiff urged people to channel the hope of Easter in order to defeat the evil that seems to have the, have the upper hand in the life of so many people. Uh, condemned the attacks. Um, doesn't, you know, at least what I have here doesn't really say what the weapons of love we need to use are. That's hmm. a shame. That is a little, uh, that would be important information. Yeah, it would. Um, I, I do I remember. I guess we we'll give him a nice hug and we'll give him a, well, kiss. Well, I mean, people have definitely said before uh, that love is a battlefield. I did not know. <laughs> now, there's love as a weapon is a song, isn't it? Love yes. As love as, as uh, a same, weapon. same artist as love is a battlefield. Is it? Yeah. I, I Stop so. using, well, it's sex as a weapon. Sex as a weapon, that's right. right. Uh, I think um, that's Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar. So, and then love is a battlefield. Pat Benatar. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I mean, we can look through to see if we can find <laughs> We are strong okay. No one can tell us we're wrong Right. Uh, searching our hearts for so long wow. Both of us knowing love is a battlefield You're well, begging you me to go Then making me stay Why do you hurt me so bad It would help me to know Do I stand in your way or I'm the best thing you have Believe me Believe me Oh, it's written by Donald Trump
Barack Obama's lying his face off about that. You, you can't believe in the Second Amendment and simultaneously believe in gun control. Dana Lash is a syndicated radio and television host. She is the author of the 2014 book, Hands Off My Gun, defeating the plot to disarm America. If you believe in abridging the Second Amendment at all, then you are not for the Second Amendment as it was written and defined by the Founding Fathers. The same with the First Amendment, the same with any of our natural rights. Cheer him. Lash and other gun rights advocates told for the record, to understand the president's true disdain for guns, you have to research his early days as a candidate and community organizer. Well, we both taught at the University of Chicago Law School. I overlapped with him for about four years. John Lott is an economist and author. He has written multiple books on the use of statistical analysis in defense of gun rights. The first time I met him, I went up, I introduced myself. Uh, he said, oh, you're the gun guy. And I said, I, I guess so. And uh, he turned to me and he said, I don't believe people should be able to own guns. So I said, well, you know, maybe we can get together for lunch sometime and talk about it. He just kind of wrinkled his face, turned his back on me and walked away. And that was the end of our first conversation. You know, it's like, if he disagreed with you, it wasn't that he just disagreed with you. It seemed like he believed you were evil and he just didn't want to have anything to do with you. In 1996, when he first ran for state Senate in Illinois, a campaign questionnaire revealed that Obama supported a total ban on nearly all firearms, including handguns, a restriction the Supreme Court has argued would render the Second Amendment extinct. People have been beaten down so long, and they feel so betrayed by government. Well, it's not surprising then that they get better they cling to guns or religion or uh, antipathy toward people who aren't like them. That mentality isn't just particularly with this president, it's with the progressive left, it's with people who think that the Second Amendment is somehow anachronistic, but yet the First Amendment is not. Hmm. Yeah, it's always been a, a, an in, it's, that one's called infringed, by the way, it's coming up. Um, I, I, the idea that it, you can infringe a right that specifically <laughs> says is, it won't be infringed, will not be infringed, is really an interesting approach. Like yeah, it's it like, is. how do you even try it? Yet every president, I mean, even go, go back to Nixon, for example. Nixon wanted a handgun ban. Uh, you know, Ronald Reagan came out uh, after his presidency and supported the Brady Bill. I mean, it seems like there's always somebody. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's pretty clear. You really can't infringe it. It's kind of what it says. Although that's, you know, and he and Obama just said at the beginning of that clip of, of the uh, preview, it's on that paper. Is that what he said about the Constitution? It's on the paper that it shall, shall not be infringed or the Second Amendment. He's, and mm -hmm. he's, it's, in, it's on the paper. Uh, but, but I believe you can, you can have gun rights and... It'd be consistent with the Constitution. No, you can't. Not when it says it shall not be infringed. No, you can't. So how, you know, you're supposed to be a constitutional scholar or whatever. Uh, when it says shall not be infringed, how do you make that? Yeah, but we can kind of infringe it. Well, they're not infringing it, right? They're just changing it a little. That's, that's infringing. What it is, yeah, man. that's infringing. It's funny because so. that what 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 poses for left wing constitutional analysis is the are it's kind of like the ways we've found to disregard this. Like mm -hmm. if you're well versed in that, you're a constitutional scholar on the left. 
hey, you know, I figured out a way that, it, you know what, it's about militia. You know what I mean? Like, there's always something, some uh, fancy way they have to get around what the, what the amendment really says or what the Constitution really says or what our founders really intended, which is obviously what you're supposed to do. Like, I, they did this with Scalia. They're like, you know, he was a strict uh, originalist, and it was amazing to see this. This was a new philosophy of government. What do you mean a new philosophy of judicial uh, action. It's, it's not a new philosophy. Someone's saying words, and you're interpreting them the way they said them. You're thinking about what they said and then trying to do that. That's not a new philosophy. It's what you're supposed to be required to do as a judge. Like, you're not supposed to be like, well, I, I know he meant uh, this, but you know what? I want it to mean this. That's not being a judge. Yeah, it was a long time ago, so we're going to assume he meant that they mean something else now. Right. No. I mean, the original intent is what everybody, I think, everybody who believes in the Constitution respects, admires, and supports and defends, right? Yeah. And, and when you take that oath to protect and defend the Constitution, you're not protecting and defending what it should be about. You're protecting what it is about. Right. But they, they don't do that anymore, and um, they haven't for quite a while. Um, uh, so I think it was Mark Hamill, uh, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Who tweeted, I could be wrong, I think it was Mark Hamill, who said, Oh, I'm a big, strong supporter of the Second Amendment. I support everyone's right to have a musket. <laughs> and someone responded to him, Yeah, I, I support the First Amendment. I support everyone to be able to have a hand-turned printing press. <laughs> right? Like, technology right. does advance. Things do change like that way. The, yeah. the, the rules still stupid apply. Stupid, man. The rules still Just apply. So Please tell me that wasn't Mark Hamill. Jeffy? Please tell me. That wasn't Mark Hamill. Thank okay, you. He that said, wasn't Mark Hamill. All right, thank you. It wasn't. Who was it? Appreciate it. I have no idea, and I'm going to find out if it was Mark Hamill. <laughs> uh, don't even look. You asked. Just, just tell me it wasn't Mark Hamill, and let's leave it, leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. All right, it wasn't Mark Hamill. Uh, Mark Hamill. Uh, yes, it was Mark Hamill. No, it wasn't. I just said Jeffy it wasn't. You told me it wasn't. I so just said it wasn't. I believe Jeffy over you, <laughs> Stu, because you're dumb. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a very good argument. It's not... It's not well articulated, I would say. That's not incredibly well researched, no. perhaps. You're dumb. But it hap happens to be my opinion. <laughs> and uh, you're a Donald Trump supporter, then? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. But that is how they operate. That isn't is. It? Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, American Airlines co-pilots. This make you feel good if you got a flight coming up. Uh, was arrested for allegedly drinking on the job. And yeah, I mean, a few drinks. You look, first of all, you're gonna, a couple things out of this story. First I don't know of all, it's not of, driving, right? right. He's flying. Drinking and driving is the problem. Are you aware of the story Driving is the deal. It was great. The, it was great. First of all, American Airlines should be ashamed of themselves. They canceled the flight. Okay. Why would you cancel a flight? The guy, first of all, co-pilot. There was mm -hmm. not another pilot in the airport anywhere? Right. Canceled I, mean, I would assume they scheduled them in advance. They're just mm. hanging out like whatever. a Whatever. Whatever. Like, all right, let's come on. Hit the back of warm it up back flight. there. On top of 90, I would say at least 95%, maybe more of a percentage Probably of your flight mm. is computer flown anyway. The pilots get you up in the air, put it on cruise control, and you're done. Well, the 5% is so, important. Eh, not really. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Not really. This the takeoff guy, and landing really. are. But when he was being arrested, the, one, the first girl that took a snapshot of it, this, uh, I can't remember her name, no, she tweeted a picture of him getting arrested, handcuffed mm. on the tarmac, and uh, her hashtag was quality hire. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually was drinking in the airplane, on the well, airplane? They, or? They, well, he was going to board the plane. 
Uh, they breathalyzed him. He was acting strange. Well, I guess he was on the plane, and they so he was they, acting suspiciously. Okay. And the crowd, mm. some of the uh, some of the people on the plane, and some of the coworkers were like, mm, "Something's not right." So they came in and breathalyzed him. And then they then they said, "Well, that could be wrong," and they breathalyzed him again. He, he failed two tests. Wow. wow. Well, well like, that's that's how they take care of kids with asthma too. They do give them a uh, inhaler, uh, 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 a inhaler or a, <laughs> a breathalyzer. <laughs> You know, something like that. You mean an inhaler? Um, yeah. I thought that's what it was. Inhalator uh, uh, or a breathalyzer? Something like that. One of those things. Right. Um, one of those things. So, what, did, was he legally drunk? Yeah. I mean, he, was, he wow. failed the test, so they arrested his butt right there. Man. Holy cow. Good luck. God bless. That career is gone. It probably is not uh, going yes. in the right direction, I would no. say. I, you know, but I mean, honestly, I'm fine with American Airlines. I'm not. Having drunk pilots, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Me too. What I'm not fine with American Airlines <laughs> is the fact that I had 24,551 miles last year. And I don't get my little gold status. What? Okay. I had platinum status the year before that because we flew so much and we cut it back last year. Mm -hmm. Not as much travel. So I'm down to, tw it's 25,000 for gold status. I have 24,551. Oh. And now they're like, hey, if you want, you can spend $1,000 to get more status. No. I'm like, I don't want to spend $1,000. I think it's $400 for me to get gold status. I'm can't you just give me an extra? And what I'm like the Trump with the. Uh, I'm like Trump with the uh, with the delegates. Can't, if I'm close, mm -hmm. shouldn't you give well, it to me? Well, for that it should be. Come on, That's now. unbelievable. Um, you, I mean, you get the early boarding. You get the the platinum one had some nice. I get upgraded Upgrades. sometimes. Yeah. Plus, um, so then they have the you know they got the little extra hidey hole place you can go to at the airport. Yeah, uh, the drinks and the nuts. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Heidi Hole. Yeah, the Heidi Hole place. You don't have to be with the other people. Uh, well, first of all, it's because of people like you that they created those places, <laughs> Jeffy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, they, I never, I'm never in an airport long enough to take advantage of. Are there people in there? Like, I, yeah, who goes? Oh yeah, a lot of people. I don't understand it. I, I, I guess if you're a business traveler and you're constantly yeah. getting layovers, but like, Plus, I'm, I never, I always get access from like my credit card. You know who goes in there all the time? Well, you say not for me. There's people like me that go, oh, and you know what? We'll throw in a complimentary gold club card. Oh, well, they have free food in there a lot, Yes, they too. do. They do. They usually yeah, have like, free cookies. Yes, they do. Cookies. Kind of they like Otis Spunkmeyer cookies. No? <laughs> yes, they do. I feel like that. that's nope. what they have in there. To me, that's not worthwhile. But You are sadly mistaken. Uh -huh. you give me a ribeye steak. Okay, but let's get back to the real <laughs> issue here, which is, come on, American <laughs> Airlines, 449 miles. That's the real issue. Just, right there. just come, just put him in the account. I'm not going to tell anybody. You know, just put him in there. Would it kill you so much? I mean, come on. I don't want to have to spend money to get status, which I don't even know what I'm getting. Mm. I, I, I don't even know. But I also don't want to get on the plane last. Yeah, and I'm guessing you will spend the money eventually. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm wavering. Yeah, they will. They'll get you. It's at $399, which I don't want to spend. For, for, I mean, that's ridiculous. That certainly mm -hmm. is ridiculous. It's agonizing. I mean, just give it to me. How many miles does it take to get a free flight? Uh, I think 12,500, something oh, like that. Really? Uh, something like that. It's okay. in that general. There might be, it might even be one cheaper, depending on like how you do it. Usually mine costs a lot more than that, though. Because like it's 12,500 if you book you know, 16 in months in advance, yeah. and it's like you go at mm -hmm. 4 in the morning, mm -hmm. and you're going to Anchorage. Like then you then it's you know but I mean, I, I mean you can get I think it's ten or twelve thousand for uh, for a flight which is not it's not terrible. how many is it about that to up, just upgrade to like if you buy a regular flight then you want to upgrade well you can buy five hundred mile upgrades this is what I have I have a lot of those so you can I'm constantly putting in the upgrade request but the problem is you don't get the upgrade request if you don't have the status.
So like, mm. you know, if I say, uh, you know, if you're if you're a platinum member, I would get them a decent amount when I was platinum, and it would like you'd put them in, and then they would just upgrade you, and you had to you when had you to get have the five hundred mile upgrades. Yeah, yeah. so you you'd go yeah. in there, and you wouldn't even know if you're in first, and then like th because yeah. there'd be nobody in first, they'd just put you in first, which is nice. Yeah, but and that almost never happens anymore. It happened. I, I got it a decent amount with the platinum thing. Yeah, I mean, mm. but you, but lately I've been noticing because I I don't know if I was platinum or gold last year or whatever, but it was to that point of where. Like they give you a list and you you can click on it and say upgrade request and you click on it and it's like you're ni like nineteenth like I don't think right. nineteen people aren't going to show up for this play. <laughs> it would be really weird if nineteen like, people didn't show up. So let me get this right. Like I want you were nineteenth on this list, which meant that you actually flew coach. Oh God, I fly coach all the time. I, I would, uh, uh huh. I do. Do you? Stu. No, just I just I do, do I, unless I get an upgrade Stu. or uh, you Stu, know this, this, this fancy too. place. Uh, yeah, me too. Sometimes on business trips I'll do it because mm -hmm. you know yeah. Glenn does it. Sometimes me too. Like there's a um, I Glenn, usually don't buy wait, it. Glenn does it. Yeah, because Glenn, Glenn pays for it. Oh, yeah. I see. When Glenn pays for it, I'll fly. I mean, I just charter jets all the time. <laughs> no, um, with uh, with the uh, with American Airlines, they had this deal for a while, which was awesome. Which was you buy the ticket, and as you're checking in, if they had free first yeah. class available, yeah. like for like a hundred extra dollars, you could just like slide on yeah, into one of those. And that, that I did too. a lot. But I mean, usually it's like triple the cost. It's ridiculous. If it's, it's like, within a hundred dollars, absolutely. Oh, hundred dollars, oh, I'm in. I'm in every Jet, time. hundred dollars. Jet Blue used in. to do that to me all the time, flying out. Call us Salinas, but every time. Oh, I, I thought Jet Blue didn't have first. No, well, maybe it was. they else. don't. They don't have they first. It must have been somebody else. I think they have extended seating or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, something like that. They don't have first. Do they have extended seating for you, like, but by width? They have fat guy seating. Yeah. Yeah, no. Most places don't have the fat guy seating. It's very disappointing. I mean, that's first class, right? No, and that's what they've business. done now is businesses. to narrow their seats. Yeah, yeah. businesses, business class, now nobody has a lot of those flights don't have uh, first class. They have business class, an extended business class, which is still, the seats are wider, but they're not first class wide. Right. But they are wider than coach, which is a little, you know, close. They're getting closer to fat guy seating. Yeah. I, look, I am. They're like designer shirt fat guy size. I'm not at all above, like, I'll always pay the extra dollar to get in, like, the nicer coach seat or the coach seat towards the front in the aisle. Yeah. Like, but I'm not. I'm that's not, worth the 40 bucks yeah, or whatever like 40, it is. Yeah, like 40 Like, that's what, but it's one thing, like, it's like a coach ticket, 179 First class, eleven eighty nine. Right. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm always know. doing that. Stupid. It's so ridiculous. No one is doing that. I would never no one do that. Is. That's Even so stupid. It's, it's just so ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. That's dumb. You, you do uh, More it. patents, stupid. You do it, don't you? No, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot more money. I wouldn't. It uh, is more money. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's too much. Too no, darn well he doesn't. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, you have back problems. You know, I mean, yes. I, I, you, I mean, it's very special seating. You've ever seen the beautiful planes I that like they have it. in Florida? Beautiful planes. Really? Beautiful planes. Yeah, especially on Easter. They're they're lovely. They're beautiful this time of year. With very special doors in the room. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beth. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, Jeffy, of course, because there was a movie that came out, uh, has seen it. <laughs> That's really all you need to know. Did yeah. it come out? If it's yes. Friday and it came out, yes, Jeffy's seen it. And, no, that's, uh, that's not really true. It, it is really true. true. And exactly. so one of those saw Batman versus Superman. You know those flow charts where it'd be like, uh, you know, you like a circle. And it's like, um, you know, did Jeffy see uh, Batman versus Superman? And then like, what is, is it out? 
then yes. Uh-huh. Is, it, is, it, is it available? Not available yet? Then no. no. That's it. Really, that's the only thing that kind of, it's the whole flow chart. So, uh, how was it? Oh, it was really, really, really good. Um, I mean, hmm. there's some great staring into space, contemplating life scenes mm-hmm. okay. with some great explosions and some okay. really loud music. Mm-hmm. And then some more staring into space, contemplating life scenes mm-hmm. and explosions. So and you some really loud music, and we get to see some great new characters, the superheroes that they're going to be have movies that we'll be able to go see. Uh, the word I'm getting in my headphones from somebody else who's seen it in the control room is lame. And. Uh, I mean, if you, if you like don't it. like long, longing <laughs> visual shots of people looking into the sky, wondering <laughs> how their life is going to end, and then big explosions and loud music, okay. Well, it is a freaking superhero movie. Yeah, I do expect the loud that's music. That's what they are. Yeah, that's what they are. Loud music right? and, and explosions are mm. kind of par for the course. Was it really bad, though? Uh, I mean... Would you think it was horrible or just like, eh, another one of those eh, stupid movies? Another uh, it made $170 million over the weekend. Pretty good. Yeah, real good. Although, I mean, you're combining two of the world's most favorite right. characters yeah. in the movie. Well, and actually, and, then we know, and most of the insiders all knew that Wonder Woman was going to show up. Well, well, insiders, it was on the preview. Uh, yeah, but do, I don't, well, yeah, I think one I of, the, pre, think it, one of yeah. the, pre, the preview that we aired showed Wonder Woman not as Wonder Woman. But uh, there was other previews that showed her showing up. You're right, Pat. Yeah, there were. So, but the, then there's other some other superheroes in the in the movie that show up as just an inkling. Mm-hmm. When uh, Lex, the bad guy, uh, Lex Luthor, yeah, he actually did a great job. The guy I what, I remember a stupid name. The guy that played Lex, he was really good. He, I did like him. I enjoyed and him as the bad guy. The He's Facebook the, guy. The young Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah it's the guy yeah. who played the Facebook uh, um, kid. He, he uh, tapped into the ship, the Superman ship, and we found out that there were more people on Like Earth, General Zod, on for example? Mm. Uh, are, they, are they all from Krypton, or where these people come from? Uh, I believe that they were uh, from there, yes. Really? Jeffy, hmm. let me ask you this. You but I'm, so not a, far I'm not provided... a comic book. I'm not a comic book. I'm not the yes, whole comic book expert. Oh, the... that's been proven. You've provided no information so far. Well, I'm trying not to be uh, Mr. Spoiler that you're telling no, me I, I always I'm not am. asking. I don't want spoilers. But I, was Ben Affleck good as Batman? Did he pull that off at all? I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's a good fit. It took me a long time throughout this movie that was seemed like eight hours long mm-hmm. um, to get over the past, get over the fact that it was Ben Affleck. Yeah. Because I kind of like Ben. I mean, yeah, I like I him in a couple I, of movies he's been in. And yeah. I like a little bit of his work. Personally, he dry, I'd rather him just shut up. I'll say this. He was great in Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yeah, it's a good updated career reference. Thank you for that. He was I mean, great I, in that. I, 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 I so. like, you go back. I mean, really, it is. It's Armageddon. Yeah. I, I like doing that. Armageddon. A classic movie. Good Ben Affleck and, movies. And what are we town. talking here? We're talking about, uh, what are two. we talking here? Talking, two. The town was fantastic. The town was great. Uh, I didn't see the town. Gone Girl was great. Argo was great. Did oh, not see. No. Did not Argo see. Argo was fantastic. That was a great freaking movie. So. You didn't see Argo. No. I so, you would like Argo. I w- probably would like Argo. Um, so anyway, that, it took a while to get past the fact that it's Ben Affleck. I bet. And that really is a. That's a big stuff. It's a big obstacle for me. Yeah. yeah. All right, I mean, here we go. This is uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, you okay. got Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Yeah. 170 million so far. Gone Girl. 
which made 167 million. Uh, mm. Nice little run there. Argo mm. probably cranked a couple hundred. Runner, runner, which was not good. Uh, he was not in it a lot, but it was not not good. 19 million. Then uh, something else. Argo, 136 million. Oh, it only made 136. But that million. was a but that was a big. It, first of all, it was a it was an R-rated movie. First of all, wasn't yeah. it? It was a commercial uh, success for a critical critically claimed movie, which is fairly rare. I mean, that doesn't happen that often. Uh, the town was another the one. Of the same great. type he of thing. He was really good in that. That I only like made that. 92, but it was really good. Uh, some of these I'm not sure. Was he in state of state of play a, as a major character? Oh I think no, I that, that was Russell Crowe, right? Yeah, Russell Crowe was the one. major character in that one. Uh, I'm trying to see the ones he's actually in a lot. Who's in Reindeer Surviving Games? Christmas. He was wasn't that him? Reindeer Games. This is back in yeah. 1812. Reindeer Games. And then uh, Geely. Oh geez. Uh, made six six million. <laughs> I rest my case. Daredevil. If some of all fears was. Oh yeah, he was Daredevil. Some That's of all right. fears. Awful. Awful. <laughs> Pearl Harbor made 198 million, but I don't know. If it was that a was a good movie. movie. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, Reindeer Games sucked. <laughs> yeah, awful. <laughs> Boiler Room. Seen that on TV. Was, Boiler Room. I've never seen. It was. Eh, it was okay. Uh, that a Wall, that was Wall Street, right? That's well, that's yeah. Wall Street. The, the actually, same it's the same story. It's is, the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Same, oh, yeah. same story. Um, per, you know, because the Boiler Room was about wolf of wall street guy and the whole situation it was based on it but different names and different like it wasn't mm-hmm. like officially that story and then mm-hmm. wolf of wall street was officially that story uh forces of nature was like a romantic comedy 50 million shakespeare in love he was in of course 100 million armageddon 200 million i mean armageddon to the in, until today probably legitimately this day will be the highest it was his highest movie um armageddon, great opening movie. wow 201 million Goodwill hunting. what did that make Goodwill hunting 138 million Hmm. And that was really, he had Chasing Amy before that, but that was really, and Mall Rats, but that's where it started. Dazed and Confused. He was yeah, in. he hasn't done much. So the town didn't even crack 100. Wow. Uh, yeah, the town was 92 million. But I mean, if you look at his career arc, right, he starts off, comes out of nowhere, has this big, uh, you know, a couple of like uh, culty type movies, uh, Chasing Amy. He gets uh, Goodwill Hunting. Critically, he and, he and uh, Damon wrote that. Yeah. I think, right? and it looks like he's going to be the biggest star in the world, yeah. right? You know, yeah. along with Matt Damon, huge. And he gets in a couple. He gets a little like Armageddon, where it's like, still, you know, people liked it, but big budget, you know. But kind of mm-hmm. yeah, then he, uh, you know, Shakespeare in Love again, really well received, obviously. Uh, and then you know, Forces of Nature starting to come down, Boiler Room coming down, Reindeer Games. I remember thinking no, it looked awesome, but so it was bad. terrible. Uh, <laughs> then uh, Pearl Harbor was not critically well acclaimed, but again, a big, big budget. Then you're into some of all. Then you go. So now you're you come down the down uh, the down slope, and you're at the bottom now, mm-hmm. where some of all fears, Daredevil, Geely is a about as bad of a three movie. Uh, I mean, some of all fears, you're going off of... That was a Patriot Games yeah. sequel or something, right. wasn't it? Yeah, and which he was, was the Jack Ryan He's going to be the new Jack he? Ryan, which yeah. is... A, they're handing him and the he, biggest I franchise in the world. he killed the franchise. And he killed the franchise for a long time. <laughs> Literally killed it. Daredevil, they're starting up a new superhero movie in which he bombs incredibly. And then those... It's not even... Neither one of those is the worst of the three. Where Gigli is one of the worst movies of all time. By uh, wide acclaim. But yeah, I mean, by almost okay, everybody. Okay, so... Look, but right now, he's go, we've got... He's gotten two good movie franchise heroes that are going to be great, right? He's got Ryan and Daredevil. Yep, and both. That have since 
come out with other right. people that have been huge. Yeah. Because he killed it. He blows them both. And we get, and now we're going to end up with Batman? We get Geely. <laughs> he hides he hides away for a while, starts coming back, and then and then starts, instead of like taking the big movie budget stuff, to come back, he goes artistic again. Like he did Goodwill Hunting, you can make that argument, was like the, that. Mm -hmm. Ben Affleck gets, unplugged. The town, Argo, and Gone Girl, which are all sort of in that general vicinity, which were all really good in their own the way. The town was good. The town was, town was, the town was awesome. Was Argo was Whitey awesome. bulger -ish. And Gone Girl was very good. I liked it, but it was—I didn't think it was great, but it was very good. Uh, and then now he's doing the same thing. He now he's going he's to cash out again with Batman versus Superman, yeah. which doesn't seem to be that good. And then I feel like we're going to have the, the downfall again. Is that possible? Very possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. A hundred and seventy million dollar weekend is uh, a is a bomb by any yeah, means, it is, but it is getting beaten up quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and he was sitting there in an interview oh, uh, oh, with geez. Henry Cavill. And the two of them were being asked by a Yahoo Movies uh, UK reporter about the reviews the movie is getting. And here's what happened. Since reviews for the film have come out, and I don't know if you've had a chance to have a look at them or, like, your response to those or... No, what are they saying? Well, it's, it's been getting a mixed response. <laughs> Thirty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. <laughs> I just wondered uh, whether that, how, how that makes you guys feel, and whether it will even affect the film as such. Well, uh, the, the interesting thing is that. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Because <laughs> everything's an open. <laughs> because a vision softly creeping. This is perfect music for his Let demeanor right now. Okay, he looks. And the He really thought this was going to be something. Uh -huh. This is going to. He, he can't even speak. He's letting Henry say everything that needs to be said about it. Hartley have spoken. Ben? I agree. <laughs> I mean that is perfect. I agree. Uh, I agree. That's great. And I didn't realize this, the Superman guy was another Brit. Yeah, we can't can get we, rid of them. Can we not find one stinking American? On. Well, we have actor? one. Ben Affleck, right? Yeah, I is guess. he American? Yes, he is. Yeah, it's sad Steve yes, right he is. More Pat and Stu coming up in a sec. What about you, Jeff? He's a superhero. Like, I'm all for that. I mean, you look because you're athletically overweight. First, Batman. Right. Yeah, you can be fat Batman man. versus Batman. That's, mm -hmm. that's good sequel. The Blob. He could be the block. That's, that's another. That's not what I was going for, I swear. <laughs> yeah, right. I took it there. I didn't do it. Triple Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Seven two seven back here. It's Pat and Stu um, from Mental Floss. Some fascinating fates of movie homes. So homes that were used in movies, and where are they now? Well, they usually homes are usually <laughs> in the same, <laughs> same places. Usually, I mean, you would think, home. yeah, they'd be in the same place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is uh, Ralphie's home from A Christmas Story in nineteen eighty three. Yeah. Was it eighty three? Seems like it was longer ago well, than that, sure but does. I guess not. It's been 33 years since Ralphie and the rest of the Parker family first appeared on screen in the yellow and green house. The 1937 Olds uh, 6 pa parked outside. Uh, there it is right there. Uh, Christmas Story is set in 1940s Indiana, but the actual Parker home is in Cleveland, Ohio. 
and has operated for the past decade as a Christmas story house and museum. Fans of the movie can tour the restored home, then cross the street to the to view the original props, costumes, and memorabilia. Why isn't it in the home itself? Why do you have to cross the street? I think that's uh, wrong. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe I mean some of the, the props would come from a uh, zoning. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. Uh, but it, uh, some of the props would come from places that were not the home. You know, like no, uh, maybe you know. So mm -hmm. maybe they just kept the home authentic and then bought a place across the street. It's interesting. I wonder how how it does. Because uh, I remember when we were in would Cleveland. You, would that be something you'd want to? Yeah, oh, totally. Oh, really? You know, I'm a big fan of that movie. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, I, that's like, I would absolutely love to do that. We were, when we were in Cleveland last time. Um, I wouldn't even recognize it. That's how little I've seen the movie. I, I wouldn't recognize that. Hey, that's the house from yeah, A Christmas yeah, Story. Pat, I don't look, think driving by it, I would you? either, honestly. If you were driving by it and somebody went, hey, that's the house from A Christmas Story, you would hit the brakes. No, I wouldn't. Pat, right there. I'd, I'd probably hit the gas and go past it. <laughs> well, wasn't it me and you in Cleveland? Uh -huh. And then we were going to, I thought it was me and you, and we were going to go to, uh, they, they, so they had the, um, the leg lamp, and we were going to go buy the leg lamp for some reason. Some oh, yeah. Prop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that would have been there, right? Uh, it had to be there. Uh-huh. I think I it was. I don't remember what happened with that, but I, I, I thought that don't was. Don't either. Yeah. Um, but I, I would definitely go check that out. I think that would be really cool. The house was bought in 2004 by Brian Jones for $150,000. Well, um, that's not a $150,000 house. Wow. Uh, he had recently started uh, selling replica leg lamps. Mm -hmm. So when the house went up for sale on eBay, it was a perfect fit. Uh, he spent two years and another 240000 restoring the Victorian home. What? Using the movie as a guide to get details just right. <clears throat> so he really did it right, from the size of the kitchen tiles to the light switches. Over 4,000 people visited the home in its opening weekend, Thanksgiving 2006. Wow. Bailey says they now welcome more than 50,000 visitors a year. Mm, in, in the decade that a Christmas story house and museum has been open, we've been asked more times than we can count, do you have an official Red Rider? Carbine action, 200-shot range rifle, air rifle, with a compass in the stock, and this thing which tells time, uh, apparently. And they, I don't think they do, right? And they're happy to no, say, yes, we do, across the street, go buy it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, how about Leatherface's house from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, yeah. um, two and a half decades after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre director, Tobe Hooper, uh, had used the structure as the stopping and shopping ground for the Sawyer family. The building had fallen into disrepair. I wouldn't recognize that one either. No, I wouldn't either. I, I, I mean, I, I think I saw that movie a long time ago, but uh, it's been a while. One of my favorite, I think we've played it on the air before, one of my favorite horrible pieces of media is the trailer for yep. Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre 3. That. Oh, yeah. Hey, we, play, we played yeah, it, Yeah, we, we played it. Oh, God, I love that thing. It's We've so it. bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll have to play that again at some point. Um, Co-owner Andrew uh, Gerenser, uh says the house was moved to its current location because it was close in age and style to the Antlers, the historic railroad across the street, which the hotel owners bought and restored. I guess it's going to be a restaurant, Texas Chainsaw Massacre House. Now, this one I'd be excited about. Rocky's house from Rocky, uh, from Rocky uh, Balboa. Yeah. Or Rocky Balboa's house. from. I mean, this one. I mean, it's a freaking it's a row house. home, so I don't think that you would necessarily know it unless you knew it was You wouldn't because they all look exactly right. the same. Uh, but it's going to be a tourist attraction here eventually. Uh, of course, there's been a lot of movies over the past 40 years. Uh, you just saw Creed, right, Jeffy? You were telling yeah, me I did. you saw Creed. Yeah, I finally I got it. around to seeing it. Yeah, you liked I liked it. the heck of it. It's um, good. Uh, hardcore fans of the film might want to see the less public filming locations. Uh, luckily for Rocky Balboa uh, fans, 
uh, he won, you know, of course, won all those runs, and you can find all those areas. He ran through that, um, what's the name of that uh, market? There's that one market where it's like all the outdoor, I can't think of the stupid name of it. Oh, in Philly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The Italian market, is it? Is it the Italian market? I can't remember. Might be. Um, anyway, so uh, they used, they paid the owner of the house $50 for the facade. That's it? 50 bucks. Back in 76, yeah. though, right? You know, it's a really yeah. interesting story wow. about uh, Rocky, and as you may know, I like Rocky a lot. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, it I, is fascinating. But it, one of the fascinating things about Rocky was it was actually kind of an anti-union project. Um, the reason why it's Philadelphia and it's so closely associated with Philadelphia is because they ran away from New York to get away from the unions. <laughs> and really? they filmed down in Philly trying to get shots without having to pay all the union fees. Um, and uh, at least this is, you know, the lore. God only knows. Well, he didn't have any money, right? I mean, he yeah, was, they didn't he have any money. Crying to make this movie. And they're one of the first. Uh, every time I say this around camera people, they all correct me about it. So I'll make sure I say it specifically. It was one of the first uses of the Steadicam, um, where they kind of utilized it for one. One of no, there were eighty-seven no, uses no, of the Steadicam no, before that. Happened. Six minutes before Rocky, someone used it. All right, I got it. Jacques Cousteau used it on his ship back in eighteen twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was one of the first uses of it, and it's one of, one of the huh. reasons why it looks so cool. And now everyone uses it, so you, you don't necessarily notice, but it's, it's a, one of the cool things about uh, that particular shoot. And I like the fact that it was kind of an anti-union thing. Yeah, that's kind, nice. You know, it's like for, like for conservatives. It's mm -hmm. kind of nice. It's yeah. kind of nice. It was nice to finally get through Creed, too. I've, I was disappointed that I didn't get to see that at the theater, so... Yeah, I mean, I he, he, has a, he has another weird I know. career arc where, like, he starts off. I mean, his career arc, Sylvester Stallone, is exactly Rocky's career sure arc is. in the movies. He starts off a nobody, comes out right. of nowhere, uh, wins the, the title. It's the freaking picture movie. Yeah. It's, it's movie the of the year. Movie of the year. Like, wins the Oscar. Then uh, he starts to go kind of into the, t uh, like, bigger budget, lesser quality stuff with Rocky 2. II. Rocky 3 gets really kind of there. Rambo, um, Rambo 1, 2, right. 3, 4, And the same five. thing with Sylvester Stallone. He's going through that same period where he's going into blockbuster stuff and it's mm -hmm. getting a little worse. Rocky 4 hits, you know, where it's like the quality's down a little bit. Uh, same thing with him where, like, the movies were still successful, but they weren't as, highly, as high quality. Then Rocky Five is really, like, nobody likes it. Um, right? I don't know. Um, uh, and, but the same thing with Rocky where his career is bottomed out. He's no longer really even in the game anymore. He's now training somebody else. And that's the same thing that was happening with Sylvester Stallone. He was kind of not in the game in that period. And then towards the end with the Rocky movies, they became once again – critically acclaimed i mean creed was up he was up for best supporting actor the yeah. movie before that was which was called rocky balboa which a lot of people don't remember didn't make a lot of money but it was a really good well done my, movie it was unlike maximus has been after me my son my youngest son's been after me to watch that because he's like it's good with the, which was the sixth one in the series yeah. uh, titled you know rocky what else is good really and it's a boxing good. movie again grudge match you know i, I never Him saw, and De Niro. seen that it's I, pretty good I just it's felt like good. another Stallone boxing movie. Kim I don't know Basinger is his girlfriend. Oh, no, that's it's right. Really, it's pretty good. Yeah, she like looks it. pretty bad in that movie. Though, no, horrible. she doesn't. I mean, no. just bad. She's no, that's just withered away. That is not true. <laughs> uh, more Pat and Stewart coming up in a minute. That's not true with any of them. Uh, man. Well preserved. <laughs> right? Well preserved.
Hi. It's Pat and Stu. Stu, walk us through this, uh, you know, particular segment. I'm seeing, uh, before I do uh, get into this, <laughs> what we have planned here, the, uh, I'm seeing the text now being posted of your favorite Easter response from Trump. Oh, yeah. And it actually reads, I think, better in text. Well, it really means something very special. I'm going to church in an hour and from now, and it's going to be, it's a beautiful church. I'm in Florida, and it's just a very special time for me. <laughs> and it represents family and getting together and something. You know, if you're a Christian, it's just a very important day. Yep. Wow. I mean, I mean that says it all, doesn't it? Right out of about Leviticus Easter, right what, else would you, what else could you possibly say about Easter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that there's another thing left to be said. There is not. Uh, there right? is not. I mean, I, you know, look, I... The, the, Wow. A, a, a preacher could plan for a year to write something as eloquent as that. And, right. And Donald Trump and, just right off the top and of And fall short. Embarrassingly fall short. Oh, my gosh. But Donald, being the committed Christian he is, uh, summed it up nicely in about 10 seconds right there. So good. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so a new trend uh, happening now, apparently, with uh, people uh, getting tattoos. Jeffy, you're a tattoo guy? I mean, a couple. You have a couple? I don't like to talk about them. I'd... Why? Why? What are they? Well, I mean, one I got during the war. In Grenada? What is it up? It covers up a wound. It covers, covers up, up so a wound. So you got a wound, so you got a wound yeah, and then you, you got a tattoo on top of the farmer's yeah, pitchfork or something? What happened there in uh, Grenada? The Island of Spice? No, I, I mean, I really <laughs> don't like to talk about it. And, and then I what's your other one? What's the other one? I can't tell you where it is. <laughs> okay, I don't want to know about that one. All right. uh, no, actually, I don't have any. No, and, um, she, and my you don't wife have does. Any, right, Pat? Hmm? Uh, you don't have any. No, I am. I, my wife does. I, she's always after me to get, you know, get one. I don't my like. Wife I'm not a big fan. I, I am not a fan. And I know your fan. wife does. Uh, my wife does, That's and I've told her that I'm not a yeah. big fan. And yeah, I, I, my, mine too. Not my Funny that she continued to. Yeah, she doesn't care what I think. Well, I told my wife. I'll tell you that. I mean, I don't, but the little, yeah, I mean, of course. The, I mean, small ones, I don't necessarily mind. Um, yeah. I'm just, I mean, I just not my thing. I don't hate them, like, but it's not like my thing. Yeah, it's, I've told, the, I think the story of my dad's tattoo, where he, he uh, when he got married to my mom at a very young age, he was, I think, I think he was ni- 19 when they mm. got married. Um, and she was 17, I think, when they got married. Um, and so uh, he got a tattoo on his arm, and it said my mom's name, Anne. Um, and I think it had the hearts on it. It was a very right. famous story for a long time because he, they got divorced and he got remarried to Sue, uh, but still had Anne on his arm yeah. the entire time until eventually, like multiple years after they got married, he eventually got it removed. I think it actually turned into something else. Like, so it was like it would cover up. But I mean, this thing, the word Anne was on this guy's shoulder like 15 years after they were divorced. Oh, man. Um, and uh, that was always something that. So you could change it into man. Yeah, that or would you be could a little it band or band with two ends. Mm. <laughs> I guess. I guess we could potentially. Uh, uh, but I guess there's a new uh, tattoo uh, trend, yeah. which is these blackout tattoos. Have you seen these? Here, here you I go. haven't until just now. There you go. Um, that's a that's a lot to do. That's kind of weird. That's way too much work. That's got to hurt. I don't feel like it's the work. Uh, right on her breasts, she got it. Yeah. Well, you get it everywhere. Oh, and those are. And then you can do like gray, so it looks like, like you're socks. always wearing gray socks. Gray socks and uh, those uh, leggings. A, right? For me, yeah. that's a good look for about a year. Yeah, it's not even. It's a good look for the day. 
I don't, why would you want that? Why? I don't know. You know, in a week, you'll be like, why did I do, why did I do that? Yeah. Uh, and then I this, get, I'm not uh, a fan. Not I mean, a there's a lot, there's some good artwork, some good ink going on out there. Because my wife is a really good big fan, so she points out a lot of good ink that she uh -huh. likes, but not yeah. that. I've I just never no. been a tattoo guy. It seems like a strange thing to do. It is? You know, I mean, you're putting a needle. I don't know. I just like not I'm too, way too much of a wuss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It might it might hurt a little bit, Pat. Oh, it's going to hurt. And I don't I just don't like that they're permanent, you know. And, and I was like mm -hmm. I like my, my kids get the tattoos where you just kind of like wet them and you put them on their shoulder. That's yeah. a much better look. Yeah. You know, they just wash off after a couple of days. My first wife's uh father had tattoos from the navy up and down his arms and his back and he hated them. Uh, as an adult male, yeah, yeah. I mean, he always wore long well, that's what shirts. Then what are you going to do about it? He just never would wear shorts because yeah. he had a bunch on his legs. He just hated them. That's when I was stupid. Yeah, I sort of dated a girl a long time ago that had a lot of tattoos, and and I was never a tattoo fan, so I told her that probably why I stopped dating her. Huh. Uh, or she started, you stopped dating. I mean, yeah, she you. stopped dating me. Um, but she, uh, I used to say, like, what happens when you're like, you know, seventy. Mm -hmm. You know, like in there's some sites out there that have and, pictures of, right. of that. So, I mean, and her point was, well, everyone's getting tattoos now, so everyone's going to have the same issue, so it's not going to be a problem. I don't know if that's true. We'll check in with her when she's seven. Well, it is not true because I don't have one, so not everyone will have one. And my tattoos.